This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's mortgage mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is certified mortgage planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Kristen Messerly, who is the um, CEO and founder of Cultural Outreach, which she'll be talking to you about here in a moment, as well as the managing editor of Mortgage Women Magazine, which is a magazine that, um, that I have uh, contributed to several times over the last several years. And I had the wonderful uh, privilege of meeting Kristen a couple years ago. We were trying to decide exactly when, but a couple years ago um, when I was speaking in Vegas and she was there as well, and um, I think we even met in Atlanta. And for those of you that are listening that I've um, already spoken about, I want to make sure that you know that Kristen will also be in um, Atlanta in April of 2019 at the National Association of Minority Mortgage Bankers of America. <laughs> we love it. Um, annual conference, which we invite all of you to come to. Um, as they say, they they love um, bald white men too. So please do not think that this is uh, you know anything that doesn't allow for any diversity whatsoever. It's a great organization. So it's uh, called NAMBA for short. And um, so I wanted to make sure you knew she was going there, and I too will be there. I'll be on stage, and we'll have an opportunity to you know meet hopefully as well. So Kristen, welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, so let's let's talk about um, you know what your mission is and what you've been doing in the last couple of years because you know you are you know quite an extraordinary um, woman. I'm going to say young woman because I'm the old one here, right? <laughs> uh -huh. And now listen, I was in that position too where people would say, you're such a great young woman. But, um, you know, you're an extraordinary <laughs> woman. You have an unbelievable story that, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable sharing, I'd love for you to share. Um, I love your story. But, but the, um, the path that you are forging for young women and millennials in the mortgage space is just really, really incredible. And I'd like for you to just talk to us a little bit about, you know, your history and how you got into, you know, the space that you're in now with um, Cultural Outreach and Mortgage Women Magazine. Sure, yeah, I would love to. So my mission is to help lenders with reaching underserved markets and millennials and women. So uh, it's really around giving people a voice and a pathway to building wealth that otherwise uh, have less opportunity. And um, my background originally, I was a social worker. I worked uh, with a lot of different cultures from everything from the prison system to uh, homeless youth and um, then a lot of different immigrant groups. And uh, But my dad was a mortgage broker and owned a mortgage company. And I just kept thinking about how so many, uh, so many people in the mortgage industry are missing a lot of opportunity in in many underserved groups. Um, so I kind of merged those interests and expertise in providing cultural competence training and, uh, and thinking about how the next generation can, uh, can purchase homes. And so I work with 
started the company about four years ago working with lenders on um, yeah, how to, how to reach those segments. That's awesome. So when did you, you know, so when you started thinking about this, you know, and saying, um, you know, this is a market that I think is underserved and I want to be able to help, you know, what were some of your thoughts on, on your strategy and moving into this space? Did you just open up the company? Um, you know, what are some of the things that, you, that you've done uh, to expand the awareness so that those that are listening could expand the awareness in their area as well? Yeah, well, we have a few different strategies, and it depends on what we're focused on. But uh, starting out, I was very focused on multicultural segments, and um, that was because as a social worker, I did a lot of community organizing where I would connect nonprofits with businesses and hold fairs and things like that. And I realized that so many businesses and, and different groups, we, we all have our own networks, you know, and, and a lot of underserved right. communities are just not connected to those, those networks. And so I was able to be a bridge in that way and connect people through a lot of nonprofit partnerships. And that's a big part of our strategy today with lenders is finding, you know, who are some community leaders that represent these markets and who are some of the n- big organizations or nonprofits that we can connect with and have shared value. Um, and that's on the multicultural side. And then on, uh, I've also ended up focusing a lot on millennials and, uh, you know, younger, the next generation of consumers and employees. And, uh, and that strategy isn't dissimilar because a lot of millennials really want to work with companies that are involved in their community and having a social impact. Um, same thing goes for women. Women are more attracted to those types of companies. Uh, but definitely with the next generation, we focus a lot on social media, digital strategy, and just ensuring that we have really high-quality financial literacy information and, and education content because uh, we're, we're heavy researchers as women and as millennials. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Okay, so um, – you know, you've you've spoken at several, you know, industry and maybe outside of the industry as well, but you know, several several industry uh, conferences and uh, you know webinars, and you've been on Mortgage Coach. Not at the time I've been on, ironically. It's, I think you took my place one day. But um, during while you're talking to millennials, what are some of the things? Um, it, and maybe not speaking to millennials. Let's speak to um, the companies that want to hire millennials. Let's talk that direction first. So if someone's listening in and they want to, they're a team lead or they're a branch manager, a region, or they're the owner, a CEO, what are some of the things that they need to know um, to help millennials uh, be successful in mortgage lending as it relates to um, desires, you know, that they have in the community outreach and social um, impact areas? Yeah, there's a few things. There's been a pretty big shift in the way that millennials think about work. Um, So it used to be very uh, divided between work and life, and we want work-life balance. But with millennials, they are more geared toward a work-life integration. So they're not thinking as much about a nine-to-five job. We have so many freelancers. We have so many uh, just different kinds of jobs that – are, that we have access to now that we have grown up with the internet. And so we're thinking less about nine to five and more about uh, this kind of flexible work schedule. Uh, and, and in that, there's a, a few areas that I think companies could really focus on in attracting and retaining young talent. So one is the flexibility. 
if you can offer some level of flexibility, and, and that may be you know, working Fridays from home, or it may be a flexible schedule, but empowering the individuals to set their schedule in a way that works for them and their business uh, strategy, their business goals, that's a really great way to retain that talent, and, and it's very attractive to millennials. Secondly, as you mentioned, millennials are very attracted to companies who are giving back and involved in their community. So they want to be have part of something that's bigger than themselves and part of something that is that is purpose driven. Um, so one, make sure that your messaging is all oriented around helping your helping families and you're you're not it's not about units sold, it's about family served. Um, so just adjusting your language there is helpful. And secondly, uh, where you are giving back in the community, involve your employees or encourage your employees to take a day that is not unpaid or, um, or encourage some kind of office volunteer day and, and also a giving back program that they can be involved with. I know a lot of companies are donating a certain dollar amount at closing to a, a cause, and that's a great way to get employees involved and, uh, and celebrate those wins and, and what you're doing in, in your company. And then the, the last big area that, I, well, there's a couple other areas I would think about. One is having a, a strong culture, a family-like culture in your office, so even the office happy hours can be helpful. Uh, and then the last area that I would think about in your strategy to recruit and retain millennial talent is to think about how you, you can offer mentorship and skill development. Millennials are very, they, we want to constantly be growing and, um, and I mean, that's kind of, that's everyone, but we will switch jobs even if it pays less if we know that we're going to learn more and get skills that are going to set us up for a better future. Um, so mentorship and feedback is a huge part of what is going to be enticing to uh, this generation. That's awesome. Um, I'm taking notes here too because I had a couple of follow-up questions. That's awesome um, advice. So um, just for clarity, uh, for the happy hours that you were just mentioning, what, what specifically about the happy hours? You know, if you're going to have a mixer or something at night, are you saying that, that it would be a happy hour that's not um, – alcohol driven and it's at a place where they can bring their kids or are you saying uh, what if they don't have kids so I'm, I just need clarity about what you're saying there um, when you say yeah the idea you know, was the other to different. yeah the idea was to be social so I I'm out uh, in Philadelphia and there were some people walking by so I skipped over that one quickly but um, but yeah the idea was to be social I've seen companies do happy hours where they do offer you know, wine or, or something at their office or at they, they bring everyone to a local pub um, down the street or, or something to that effect. But it's just a, a way to bond. And then, um, and then also having other things like the volunteer day is a great way to, that's not alcohol driven, that is um, a good way to get everyone doing something meaningful together. Uh, but there was a study yeah. that okay. showed that over 80% of millennials said that it was a priority for them to feel that they're the people they work with are like a second family. So that it's a that is an important factor, and whatever you can do to build that culture is that is going to be really beneficial. Okay, great. So um, I'm going to ask you a little bit more of a difficult question, um, and that is. Um, 
what are some of the struggles and challenges that that companies are having in being able to deliver any one of these um, suggestions? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that one of the biggest challenges is you have often a traditional culture, and if you start offering that to cater to the millennial generation, it creates a sense of um, a divide between the generations. And so we don't want to do that. And I, I think it, it's important to make sure that older generations, baby boomers, Gen Xers, uh, whatever, are mentoring younger generations as well so that you, and you get to know each other better. Um, so that's one way to mitigate that. And also uh, making sure that you're giving, you're, you're doing that, providing that flexibility to everyone, obviously, and you're kind of easing into that culture shift. Uh, but yeah, at some point, sometimes there is a little bit of a divide, and that's where it can be helpful. Like I often will go into companies and do a training on multi-generational differences in the workplace um, or multi-generational marketing, uh, but just talking about some of the differences in generations can be really helpful in understanding each other so that you have a a more productive workplace environment. Uh, that's one of the big challenges. Um, and then, of course, yeah. the challenge of flexibility. If someone mm -hmm. is not a self-starter and they don't, they don't do well at home, some people just don't do well at home. You, you kind of have to test that out and see. I would encourage people to um, try as much as possible to put that onus on the employee saying, okay, let's set these goals. What is it that you want out of a workplace environment? What is it you want out of your career? And then evaluate that and have them kind of say, yeah, this really isn't working for me. I'm really not hitting my business goals by being at home. And maybe they don't have, they don't say that and you can't, you have to dictate that. But, um, but I think as much as right. possible, giving employees ownership over themselves is a really powerful and positive thing to do. Yeah, I think so too. And the re really, the reason I asked the question is because I had um, uh, an assistant that I had, you know, or, you know, one of my team members on the team who um, is a millennial, you know, the latter end of the generation, you know, a little bit older, um, uh, has a child, is divorced trying to survive on her own as a single mother. And I wanted to give her as much flexibility as possible because I understand, you know, that I know when I needed it when I was younger, you know, and still need it. You know, we all need it for whatever reason. And, um, but, but I felt like it was abused. I felt that it was, you know, too much of it um, to the extent, and I get, get the feeling, you know, I, I understand the comment that you said about being part of family. I felt like she's really part of the family. I really liked, you know, spending time with her. Um, but she would come in at 3.30 and say, hey, I'm leaving for the day, and I had no idea. And that's her definition of flexibility, that she can come and go as she feels like. And <laughs> we had many conversations about this and about, you know, um, setting expectations about work being done because work wasn't getting done. And, and that was now affecting my reputation and my production. You know, there were a lot of pieces in it. And it was, we just fought it for a year. And finally, we just had to let her go because I just couldn't, I couldn't um, maneuver within the type of flexibility that she needs. I think there's flexibility and then there's abuse of the flexibility. So that's why I asked, because what, what ended up happening was it, I had an unstable uh, team 
Uh, no one knew when she would be in or out. I had a lack of trust on the team um, because of giving the flexibility. And the sad thing was when she was there, she was excellent. When she wasn't, she wasn't at all, you know. And so that's yeah. why I asked that very specific question because I um, had a, a couple of challenges, and I'm sure someone listening in has probably experienced that same thing. And so I was looking to you to, you know, give some advice on how to overcome some of those challenges and not think it's yeah, no. perfect from the get-go. Yeah, exactly. And it is a very different type of management uh, that I think sometimes requires more hands-on feedback and uh, adjustments. Mm -hmm. And for one, like I said, some people just can't work on their own and are not as productive uh, separate, you know, are working from home. But a lot of people are much more productive working from home. So I would encourage everyone to test things out and see, you know, see how it goes. But I, I have a completely virtual team, and uh, it, it, it can it has its challenges sometimes. We do have to have conversations about, um, you know, scheduling blocks of time in the calendar where we're all working together at the same time, or uh, you know how we how we structure our meetings and things like that. Um, but there there's a I think different element of management too with having a virtual team or having some people working different hours that I think has to mm -hmm. be accounted for. You know, it does require, I think, extra time on the manager's side. And sometimes it just doesn't work with the business. But, um, but yeah, I, I would recommend trying it out. And uh, there's a great book on remote leadership. Uh, I'm sure if you just search in Amazon for remote leadership, you would find this. But, um, but for people that are interested in doing something like that, um, that is a great book to provide guidance in that area and then um, evaluating whether or not it is, in fact, a good fit for you and for that employee. Uh, but actually, you bring up a good yeah, point I about women having that as well. You know, women are, have disproportionate childcare responsibilities in their households, and the more that you can provide flexibility, um, the more women you can really bring into your company and, and into leadership roles. So, um, so while sometimes it doesn't work out, I think that is a great pathway to strive for. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really good advice. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I think one of the things that um, may, may need to be added to your list is just, you know, um, recalibrating the management training, right? Recalibrating the manager because uh, mentorship is one thing, you know, having two people work together, but as a manager, I think that's one of the, the things that might need to happen is, you know, the up-leveling of management skills. Um, you know, I'm fortunate I was a manager for a really long time, taught managers, still teach managers. But this is an area that requires a little more um, uh, focus and intensity to ensure that, um, you know, that they understand the dynamics behind that. And I think there's probably a whole world out there about this, you know, <laughs> about it. Yeah, it's yeah. not so much a remote piece. I think it's the flexibility, you know, the flexibility yeah. in as a baby boomer, I can tell you, you know, I mean, we have, baby boomers have a real strong work ethic. Gen Xers, yep. some do and some don't, okay? That's in their historical, I'm not stating any opinion, this is all facts-based, right? So some Gen Xers have a good work ethic and some don't, and the perception is that millennials don't because they want the flexibility, right? And so we have to mm -hmm. bridge the gap between um, not being present or, yeah, I would say not being present. It's not so much mode as it is 
maybe they're just out with their sick child, right, and they're not even working. It's just not being present and saying, mm -hmm. okay, so why aren't they present? And I, don't, I don't know if I should trust this. I don't know. Why aren't they working? How come, how come I'm here? How come they're not here? Right? And so this panic starts yeah. setting in. And, of course, most managers are baby boomers, right? Because, you know, we're getting, we're getting yeah. on in the 25 to 30, 35 years in the, in the industry. And, um, you know, there's a big, big disconnect there in helping us understand that, that it's not about just being present. It's about the output. And exactly. making sure that, you know, everyone sees that as well. We all want to feel warm and fuzzy and all that good stuff, but we want to make sure that the output is still there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, so, you know, it, we do get a, these stereotypes around being lazy or not having the strong work ethic, and it kills me because I work about 80 hours a week. And, uh, you right, know, I know. My daughter constantly does, too, working. believe me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think a lot of it is this perception of what a good work ethic looks like. Um, I had an employee yesterday that was, working from downtown Disney because she happened to be close by for another meeting and she just loves Disney and she was like, this is a great environment and I love being able to work from places like this. And so, you know, I think it's, we like the flexibility for some reasons that people maybe perceive as a lower work ethic, but it's actually very motivating and productive or yeah, there's, um, there's someone that wants to maybe work later one night so that they can, take their kid to the doctor the next morning, you know. So um, I do think that flexibility right. that it can be offered is so beneficial for long-term retention and overall happiness. Uh, and, I, you know, um, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, this is a good book. <laughs> a good book to do some research on. But yes. I think it's, it gets down to the bottom line is defining work ethic. Because in one person's eyes, it's presence, physical presence. And quite frankly, you can have someone who is getting one in the tooth. I, I have the right to say that. Um, <laughs> someone who's getting one in the tooth, who's there, who's physically there and present, but the output is not as much as someone who isn't there and is output, you know, doing more of an output. And yet the perception of the manager is the inequality between that. And saying, well, this is here, so there it is. So mm -hmm. I think the whole the whole point of this is the definition of you know what is work ethic in this new era. Um, yeah, I think exactly the tradition of you know well, gosh, even look back even beyond baby boomers, you know, to the greatest generation ever, right? Is that work ethic was going to the um, factory, you know, and working long, long hours. And that was considered work ethic. And, and that's now not considered that. You know, I mean, people are um, still working long hours, but it's not in a factory. So the, that's already changed. But it's accepted. And right. I just think it's um, a challenge in this particular era. And it's not fair. But maybe the well, awareness. Well, you know, help. it's just a, yeah, I think the awareness is a big deal. Because if you think about in previous years, it was, there were a couple I don't know, lots of limitations to where you could get work done. And now this generation has grown up with YouTube and Skype and, you know, video chats mm -hmm. and Slack and all these things. So we can be very productive from anywhere. And that, that really changes how we perceive work and how, how we can be productive. Uh, that, that's a yeah. very big shift. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so, Kristen, what else would you like to share with everyone as they're listening in, you know, on how to improve their, um, their work environment, the culture, their lifestyle, and their money, you know, their business? We want people to be mm-hmm. producing. You know, it, um, this podcast is all about personal and professional growth. So, you know, what can they do from a, the perspective of making more money and closing more loans um, aside from you know, doing some of the community outreach, you know, and tapping in and getting exposure that way. What what can a millennial do to, um, in your opinion, to increase their business? Well, if we're talking about people in general and trying to reach millennials, grow their team with millennials or um, market to millennials, you know, I, I would really focus on social media and that would be for any age group. Uh, but friending every single person that you meet on Facebook and uh, building a network there is on, on Facebook and Instagram uh, would be a really great pathway. I know a lot of people, a couple people I just met yesterday, uh, one with a baby boomer and one with a millennial, and they had built their whole business on Facebook, um, just using Facebook and their network there. And they actually have a huge uh, constriction from their company that they can't share anything related to their business on Facebook. So they are just growing their business from networking. And, uh, and I think that that's a huge opportunity. Uh, and then from the standpoint of millennials specifically, you know, that, that one is still about networking, but also getting the mentorship that you need to grow. Um, all the successful millennials I know uh, talk about their mentors, and and so finding a mentor, staying in touch with people, and 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 thinking about ways you can add value to your mentor as well, um, so that you're not draining that resource. It's mutually beneficial. Uh, it's a great way to uh, to grow your business. Okay, awesome. Yep. Yeah, I, I hear you loud and clear on that. Yep, I think that's great. The other part is a coach. You know, if you can get a coach, I think that you know if you oh, can exactly. afford one and. And you get a coach that's just like having a mentor and, you know, they'd be able to help you as well. That sounds great. So what are you reading Absolutely. these days? Well, uh, I mentioned the, that one book is called The Long Distance Remote Leader. Leader. Yeah, Long if, distance. if you search okay. Remote Leadership, you'll find it. But, uh, but I just looked it up and it was The Long Distance Leader. Um, that's a great one and something that I, I just finished reading. But currently I am reading a book called The Well-Spoken Woman. So if you are a woman, I mean, this book is great for men men and women, um, but it's your guide to looking and sounding your best. And so it talks about how to present yourself, how to um, kind of build your network and and put off the brands that you want to to put off to your your customers and your network, and then a lot about public speaking as well. It's a a great book. That's great. So that's called, is it The Well Spoken woman or just well spoken exactly. woman? The well spoken woman. Which one is that? Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. The well spoken woman. Okay. I love I love having um, you know, book ideas and stuff. I'm an avid reader, so you know, I think that's great. All right, so as we wrap everything up, what what um would you like to leave um with someone who's listening and knowing that you know we have um we have lenders, we have realtors, we have business owners that are listening in, we have managers, we have salespeople. What would, what would you like to leave with, um, for everyone to think about as it relates to the, work, the workplace and the dynamic of, um, you know, having the different, uh, you know, cultural 
um, and cultural and age aspects? Because, I mean, I think it's just those yeah. things, really. It's, it's that. So what would you like to leave with us? Well, I think the thing that I would emphasize here is uh, really getting to uh, understanding some of those cultural differences, whether it be from generations or um, from the cultures that you are around, um, because the more you understand, the more you're able to connect. And that's how you're going to grow your business. And uh, I came across a quote the other day that was that said, you hate what you don't understand. And so if there's conflict in the workplace or you're having a hard time, you know, diversifying your workforce, whether it's attracting millennials or whatever, I think having that kind of education and understanding is very beneficial. And it, it really lends itself well to a marketing strategy that, that resonates with your consumers. Because if you understand your consumers, you're going to be much more likely to be able to connect with them through your content, through your marketing strategy, etc. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of times we think we should treat others the way that we would want to be treated, you know, golden rule, but that really doesn't apply very well in business when our audience, our workforce, our consumers are all having coming from very different backgrounds. And so the more we understand yeah. each other, the better we'll work together and increase sales ultimately. Yep. Oh, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. So, so Kristen, are you are you um, running not running around, but are you traveling the country and speaking to corporations about this? Are you speaking to associations so that those that are listening, if they wanted to have you come in and and discuss with um, their team or their company or their association, is that something that you're doing uh, the time? Yes, and thank you for giving me the shout out. But yeah, I'm I'm traveling on a weekly basis to do these kinds of trainings on topics related to how to reach millennials or multi-generational and multicultural marketing. Um, but yeah, we do, or I do a lot of sales trainings with corporations and associations. And then we have an online certification as well. It's cross-cultural intelligence and housing um, that we're just releasing. So um, definitely focus a lot on the education as well as um, we do a lot of content creation as well. But um, but the education focus, I think, is, is really important. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, what is the best way? You can contact me on social media. Um, Kristen Messerly is my username on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can email me at Kristen at culturaloutreach.com. Um, and also I wanted to mention that, again, I'm the editor for Mortgage Women magazine. So if any women want to contribute or um, – Pick that up. It's a great resource for women in our industry as well. Yeah, it's a great magazine, and you guys do a wonderful job on it. And, and you know, for those that are listening, um, it's a, um, a virtual or digital magazine, okay, so that you're not, um, you're going, oh, I've never seen one. Well, that's why it's digital. It's up there, you know, on, on the website. And you can go, I believe it's mortgagewomenmagazine.com, right? Yes, yeah. And then, I mean, of course, you have contributed some great articles there as well so everyone can check those out yep thank you that's wonderful okay so if you're listening in it's Kristen k-r-i-s-t-i-n at yes. culturaloutreach.com I want to make sure everybody gets the proper spelling and we'll also have that in our show notes as <laughs> thank well. you yeah no absolutely well listen I know that you at the time we're recording this uh, Kristen is, is sort of trapped in Philly with the weather, with the snowstorm that's come through on the East Coast out of the blue. 
Um, and I, I just want to say thank you for still, you know, making time to uh, share with us um, this great, wonderful insight. And I love this campaign, and I love, I love what you're doing. And you know, it's we're just at the, the very, very beginning of this, and there's so much more that needs to be learned and, and um, you know, taught. You know, both. I mean, and mm-hmm. gained. You know, I want to say, I reached out and then taught. You know, taught and learned at the same time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, it's very commendable, and uh, you know, and I, I love that your heart is just filled with this. It's um, it's really wonderful to see. So I thank you so much for spending time with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your community and all the value you put out to our industry and and our network. So thanks for letting me join. Absolutely, absolutely, of course. All right, well, we'll be seeing you. I will see you in April, hopefully. <laughs> not not going to be too yeah. far from here now. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So now listen, if you're listening in, um, please, please, we love, love, love um, your reviews on iTunes. Please continue to do that. And again, you know, as I've said many, many times, if this is the first time you're listening, welcome. If it's uh, your regular listener, I want to say thank you so much for your support. And Anytime that you have a topic that you would like for me to discuss or have a further questions on anything that we've um, talked about in any of the podcasts, you can feel free to reach me at jen at jenduplessis.com, and I'm happy to answer your questions. And again, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's lifetime membership program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.